0: You at your word, no matter how we feel, God, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's coming up against us, God, you are still God. So, we believe the impossible, God. We believe, Father God, that you are God that shall not, that will not fail. We believe, God, that when we're faithless, you're faithful, God. In Jesus' name. But, God, we thank you that you have given all of us the measure of faith. So we thank you, God, that everything we need, God, is already in you. We already have it because you are in us and we're in you. So we're so thankful. We're so grateful today, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Because, God, truly you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy to be praised. So, God, as I go forth on today to teach your people, God, I thank you that I have decreased and you have increased in me. Because I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing that the blind eyes shall see. The lame shall walk, God. In the name of Jesus, the deaf shall hear, God. Every sickness and every disease bows down right now in the name of Jesus. Thomas and growths are disappearing right now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm believing for the miraculous because you are a miracle working God. And we honor you today. We glorify you today in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Tell your neighbor say neighbor. God's already done it. Why are you waiting on it to be done? Say God has already done it. Say when you grab hold to what God has already done, you will see your miracle. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is turning the tables a little bit on um, this Sunday. We've been teaching on the kingdom but God gave me a word um, Saturday and I said, okay, God, I'll go there for you. And how many know that when God give you a word first, it's for you. You're the first partaker of that word. So you got to get in that word and you got to know what God is saying before you even present it to somebody else. Amen. Amen. God has a way of doing things that's passed out, finding out, but he's such a good God. Amen. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 32. Starting at verse 24, this is a familiar passage, but I believe that God wants to use this today because I believe it's for someone. Genesis 32, starting at verse 24. Shouldn't take you long to get there, not unless your pages are stuck because you haven't used your Bible. They should just be flipping. Flip, flip, flip. Amen. The word of God reads. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, have thou power with God and with man and hast prevailed. The message for all of us today is hold on. God say, hold on. Come on. Some of us have been holding on for a long time. God say, continue to hold on. Look at your neighbor say, hold on, hold on. and don't let go. God is faithful Amen. to his word. Amen. Say, hold on. hold on. Don't let go. You may be seated. Glory Amen. God. Hallelujah. So God want us to hold on. Oh, that's a good word. Just that word. Hold on. See, God is giving you something this morning because some of us are ready to give up. Some of us are ready to throw in the towel. You're saying, I've been in this too long. I'm not seeing change. But God say, hold on. Hold on. Change have already come. And it has already come through Jesus Christ. He shed too much blood. He shed too much blood for us to be discouraged for us to be depressed, for us to be in pain, for us to be going through what we're going through. God, Jesus have shed too much blood. So today he's saying, hold on, hold on. But I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you a little bit about Jacob. We know that Isaac had two sons. The sons was Jacob and Esau. And we know when Abraham died, he sent his servant to go get um, a wife for Isaac. And we know Isaac's wife was Rebecca. So they had two sons, Jacob and Esau. But when they were ready to be delivered, Jacob held on to Esau's heel. And Jacob wanted to come out first, so he held on to the heel. But then we know Esau, he came out first. So as they grew up, Esau was like a man of the the field, really. Jacob was totally different from Esau. So Esau, one day, he was hungry. So Jacob had something that he could eat. And Jacob told him, he said, Esau, if you give me your birthright. See, understand the birthright is the first child um, that would come out, he would get the blessing. So he said, if you give me your birthright, he said, I will give you some food. So Esau said, basically, what good is the birthright if I die? He was looking at himself dying, so he's saying, what good is it with my birthright? You can have the birthright. So that was the first instance. Then it came a time when Isaac got very old and it was time for him to depart his life. So he told Esau, which was the firstborn, he said, I want you to go out, and I want you you know, to come back in, and, and he told him to fix him a meal. So as Esau went out to fix the meal, his wife, Rebecca heard what he said. Once he bring the meal back and is set before him, he's going to put the blessing upon Esau. Rebecca felt deep down inside, no, Esau should not have been the one with the blessing. So she went and told Jacob. She said, Jacob, this is what um, your father has told Esau. She said, but I want you to, um you know, we're going to... Basically, they were fooling him. They were deceiving him. But Jacob knew. He's going to know I'm not Esau because we're different. She told him what to do and how to do it. She fixed the food for him. He went in um, with the food. Jake, um, Isaac knew the voice was different. So what they did, they set him up because um, Esau was hairy. So they put some hair on his arms and around his neck, like animal skin hair. And when they did that... When Isaac told him to come closer, he was feeling on him. He said, the voice is Jacob. But then he began to, you know, put the blessing upon Jacob. So he gave him the blessing. The blessing was passed to Jacob, but it was passed to Jacob through deceit. So it wasn't really his, but he got it the wrong way. So this is what happened. When Esau, when he came back in to give him the food, he told him, he said, already gave the blessing to Jacob. So Esau made up in his mind, I'm going to kill him. So when Rebecca heard what Esau was going to do to his brother, he told his brother to, told the brother to leave and go to her father's house because he knew that he was going to be a dead man. Don't come back until I tell you to come back. So Jacob left, and um, Isaac helped him to leave and told him not to marry a daughter of the Canyonites. So who heard this? Esau heard it, so Esau began to marry with Ishmael, the Edomites. So th- he was out of order. So I'm going to verse 32. I want to explain that, how Jacob was a deceiver. So this is what was happening with Jacob through his life. Y'all know he worked um, for Laban. We know that he worked for Laban. And he ended up with who? Who's the wife he ended up with? The one he loved so much. Rachel. He loved Rachel so much, didn't he? But he ended up with Leah. Look how his life was just like he done. He was being deceived just like he deceived. You can't get away with what you do. When you try to hurt somebody else, that hurt is coming right back on you. You reap what you sow. If you sow hurt, you're going to get hurt. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap in this lifetime. Do not think just because you save is not coming back at you. People think he paid the price for that, but no. God uses these things to let you know whatever you planted for somebody else, whatever ditch you dig for somebody else, just go ahead and fall in it because you're going to fall in that ditch. Amen. Amen. So we see how Laban did him. He tricked him. He deceived him. But Jacob, we know he did right in the eyes of Laban. So we see that he had left. So when Jacob had left, he found out that his brother was coming to see him. So of course he's going to be scared of his brother, right? So what did he do? He set up a plan. But before this plan, look at Genesis 32 verse 1. It said, and Jacob went on his way, and the angel of God met him. Look at how the angel of God was right there with him. God have his ministering angels around us to protect us, to minister to the heirs of salvation. So God had those angels there. But let me back up a little bit. Jacob, he um, began to talk with God, and we know I'm going too far. I'm not going to get too far because it's going to help somebody. So we see the angels was there with him. The angels was prepared to do a work for the Lord on the behalf of Jacob. So when we look a little further down, it said in verse 3, And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my lord Esau. Look at what Jacob was doing. What Jacob was doing, he was allowing Esau to rule over him. He called him Lord. That was just like a master. So what he was trying to do was reconcile with Esau. And how he was doing it was letting Esau know what he had. He was letting him know, I have everything. I don't need to take nothing else from you. See, he was trying to reconcile with his brother. When we look a little farther down, when he did this, um, he was trying to find grace in his sight. Now, when the messenger returned, and this is where I'm going... And the messenger returned in verse 6 to to Jacob saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee with 400 men with him. Uh Uh-oh. So so Jacob is thinking now, I'm telling him that, you know, I'll be his servant. I'm telling him I'm not going to take nothing else from him because look what I have. But when they told him that he was coming with 400 men. Now, this next verse I want you to pay close attention to. It said, "Then Jacob was greatly afraid." This is how fear comes. Fear comes through guilt. Fear comes through shame. See, Jacob was already feeling guilt. He was already feeling shame. So when they, when he heard, see, that's what the enemy wants you to do. When you hear a bad report. When you hear something that's so horrific, your mind begin to be like a merry-go-round, just like a computer, data from the past begin to pop up and said, if you should have done this, or you should have done that, or you could have done this, or you could have done that, and this would not have happened. So fear began to rise up. The Bible said, he was greatly feared and distressed, mean worried. See, this is what fear does to you. Fear becomes great because if you have been holding on to stuff for years, if you have been thinking the wrong way for years, let me give you an example. If you think sick for years, you're looking to be sick. If you always think before your doctor's appointment what mom and daddy had, then you looking for what mom and daddy had. If you always watching the news and they telling you, if you got these symptoms, it's a possibility you could have this. So you thinking about what you heard. That bring, this is why it was great fear here. We do have fear, but that fear expands based on what you think about. The more you think on a thing, the bigger it gets and you become worried. You become distressed just like Jacob. Don't you know the enemy want to plant corrupt seed? That's why we're born again of incorrupt seed. Everything that God does is good outside of what you see. No matter how bad it look, God has already done a good thing. So this is why he was greatly In fear. It was great fear. He was distressed. How many of y'all been so distressed? You don't want to get out the bed. You don't want to move. Your body is doing flip flops on you. Your stomach is yearning. Feel like you can throw up. You get so nervous, you're shaking, and you're angry. You don't want nobody to ask you nothing. Because you in a place that you can't even think right no more. People don't understand. you saying, they don't understand what I'm going through. This is where Jacob was. It was 20 years. He knew something had to be up with Esau because his mother told him, I'll send for you. She hadn't sent for him. But up popped Esau. So he saw himself as a dead man. Come on, when you get a bad report... And they tell you, there's nothing else they can do for you. You already see your funeral. Because that's what you've been thinking on for years. When somebody talk about cancer, you already see yourself with cancer. Oh, we too quiet up in here. You already see yourself with these things because you've been around them so much. If you attend to a mother or a father or a sister or a brother or a child that has went through something and you watch all the symptoms and you watch what they're going through, then when something hits your body, you say, oh, I got what they got. Right. Or just like the pandemic, they give you the symptoms, so you put those symptoms in your mind. So now you like, get away from me. I don't want it. Why have you already accepted it? That's right. Hello, somebody. Before it didn't matter who sneezed on you it was nasty, but you say you knew Jesus, so just don't do that no more. But now since the pandemic, because you see whatever's written when you enter a place, they have all the symptoms. Some of them right there. If you do this, if you if this is happening, that is happening, that, that you like. Oh Lord! So you already grabbed hold to what you read. See, just like Habakkuk, Habakkuk was upset because he didn't understand why God was letting them go through what they were going through. They were going through something that was so evil being in captivity. But God already told them what was going to happen based upon what they'd done. And God ain't changing his mind because it's already written. So it's not God's fault if we go out there and do something opposite to his word. It's already written what's going to take place in your life. It's not God's fault. He forewarned you not to and you did. So Habakkuk was so upset because he didn't understand. But this is what Habakkuk did. And I'm going to get into that too. Habakkuk shut everything off. And he wanted to hear. And he went upon a watchtower. Because the watchtower is where they watch to see the enemy coming in. And they can forewarn them that the enemy is coming. So he said, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch. I want to hear what the Lord has to say unto me. He was so concerned about the people. Have we gotten to a point that we're more concerned about the people than we're about ourselves? See, when your heart is more for people than what you're going through, you know you believe God. Come on. Cause you ain't worrying about the pain in your body no more. You seeking and saving those that are lost, and you saying, "God, even though I'm hurting today, I am already the healed of the Lord." But this one can die in their sin. Hmm. So Habakkuk, he was waiting to hear what God had to say, and God said, "Write the vision." This vision here was the word. He said, I want you to write these words down so those that see it, read it, can run with it. We've been running with Habakkuk for years, and we're going to run with him until Jesus come. So he wanted to hear what the Lord was saying. So this is what I'm saying to you. Jacob had great fear and distress. It was great. Fear can start out as fear, and you can say, oh, that's nothing. Right, but the more you think on a thing, it becomes greater, it becomes a mountain. That's why God says, Speak to the mountain. Why did He call it a mountain? Because He knew you don't build a mountain in your mind. You don't build a fortress in your mind and that ain't even what's happening. You don't allow the enemy to put stuff there that I haven't even said. You don't build so much up that you believe is right and that's not me. You should know that's not me. So he was worried. He had great fear. So look what he did. It says, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two bands. The reason why he divided them in two bands, because this is what he did. He said, if he get this one, this one got chance to run. How about y'all? <laughs> Come on, we got plan A. And we got, if they don't give me the loan, Barbara, I'm going to go over here. If they don't do this, if they don't do that, I got another. Yeah. Now, check it out. Yeah. He was in so much fear. He said, I got to work this out. Oh, let me go somewhere, man. If the 40 don't get him, the gun, I got a bigger one. See, people build the ammunition. What is it? Ammunition? or they? What you call it? Is it ammunition? Help me, man. Is it ammunition? The bullets is ammunition. Armory. That child right there done killed so many snakes. She know. She got one for every one of them, don't you? If this won't get him, this will. See, she know. You know why she know? Because the only one she got to depend on is God. Ain't no man in her house. <laughs> so you, you have to build it up, right? So this is what he said. He said, if if they get them, y'all got a chance to run. Look at him. He done figured it out. And it felt good to Jacob. How many of y'all have figured something out, even financially? Who it feel good for the moment. Until the money gone. Come on, somebody. You make plans for your future and don't even know what's going to pop up ahead of you. You build your bank account up and don't even know what's yet to come. Instead of asking God, what would you have me to do with what I have? Do you know why we do these things? Yes, we're supposed to, but some of us do it out of fear because we got some fear in us. And we don't know what's going to take place or when it's going to take place. So we keep putting stuff in the bank, putting stuff in the bank. And then when somebody asks for it, you say, I don't have it. So you're lying. It is in the bank, but you ain't giving them your nest. Say hello, somebody. Don't tell me you won't lie. People tell me, I don't lie. I beg you to differ. Then he went on. Listen at this, y'all. Listen at this. Next thing he did, check it out. He set things up the way he wanted to, right? But now he's going to pray. Have we ever done that? We done set it up, apostle. So now we're going to pray. This is what he said. And Jacob said, oh, God, of my father, Abraham, and God, of my father, Isaac, the Lord, which said unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. Look at what Jacob was doing. He was reminding God of what God said. How could he do that? Because he was with God. He knew what God said. So he was reminding God of his promise. See, when you go into prayer, you don't go in there based on your word. You go in there based on God's word. And some of us can't go in there based on God's word because we ain't got his word in us because we ain't in the word. Let me say it again. God honors his word. He honors his word above his name. So this is why when you go into prayer, you don't go into prayer based on you. You go into prayer based on what God said to you because it's in his word. And he said, my word is not coming back to me empty. It's not coming back to me void. He said, but it's going to go where I sent it. And it's going to prosper in the thing I sent it to do. It's going to accomplish what I please. So he knew what God said to him. So I'm telling you today, if you go into prayer and you making prayer about you, save your breath. Because if you ain't been in your word, help me somebody. If you ain't spending time with the word, when you're getting ready to pray according to the word, ain't going to be no word there. It's just going to be you. So he went based upon what God said. Then the next verse says, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan and now I'm become two bands. Now listen what he was saying. He said, I'm not worthy. He was letting God know I'm not worthy me. But I know because of you, I am what I am. See, that's what we got to understand. Our worth is not in us. It's in Jesus Christ. So we have to let him know because of Jesus, I am who I am. I'm not coming on my behalf. I'm coming on on the behalf of the one who saved me. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm not coming in my name. So this next verse is letting us know it ain't about you. He recognized everything that he done. He's not even worthy for God to help him. But he knew you got to help me because of what you said. Oh, y'all, we got, we got to get over us. We got to quit thinking about what we done and how we did it. We do what we do because of him and not because of us. You live, you move and breathe, not because of you, but because of him. You wake up because it's his touch that wake you up. It's not you, it is him. It is him that has put breath in your body. It is him that breathed the breath of life in you. It is him that kept you in the womb for nine, ten months. It is him that has given you every organ, every tissue. It is him. It's nothing you had to do. He created you. You didn't create yourself. So whatever need to be done, you need to go to him. So this is what he told God. He said, God, this is what I done with the two bands. He said, deliver me. Listen at this. I pray thee from the hands of my brother. From the hands of Esau, for I fear him. Come on, you got to be honest, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people. You know when you're full of fear. Quit acting like you wasn't scared when the pandemic came. Hush your mouth. You wasn't scared at first until you start sitting down and watching the scientists. To hear what they had to say. Then they changed it every time. One minute it was this way. The next minute it was that way. Because they done their little research. So they got to add a little bit at a time. Then we got deeper and deeper with it. And some people can't even breathe with two masks. But the scientists say. Don't we have our plan? But it ain't God's plan. And I'm not telling you not to wear a mask. So he said, deliver me. And he was letting him know that he has fear. Come on, I have went to God on several times and said, God, I don't like what I'm seeing. I have to be honest with him. But then I change and say, but you say Because fear will come. Even when a little bit come, you got the knowledge. I know you here. But you got to get it up and go. Because you don't supposed to be here. Because God told me to fear thou not. Because I'm with you. Be not dismayed because I am God. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. He tell us to fear thou not. So he know that fear is going to come. But he tell us what to do with it when it come. Faith should out overpower fear. So he asked the Lord, deliver me. Then he said, and thou says, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. So look what he did. He was giving God what? His word. He was reminding God of what God said, but he also let God know I am fearful. He said, I am fearful of of my brother. See, when you go to God, God already know what's in your heart. He already know you harboring anger offense he already know what's already there so you might as well say God yes is there but I want to be delivered from what's there God I need your help I can't do this by myself see when you really come out of pride you begin to humble yourself and you're not making it about you no more you're making it about him God this is not you I'm representing you God God I don't want to live this way he said deliver me Y'all got to understand, what was Jacob doing? He was crying out. He was crying out to God. He really wanted some help from God. But check this out. Y'all, after he cried out to God. Remember in the beginning, he sent the messenger to Esau. When the messenger come back, he told him Esau was coming with how many? 400. So he got afraid. Then he prayed to God, right? Right? And he told God what God said that he would do. But then he turned around after the prayer and he was still setting up his plan. Help me, somebody. How many of us not all over the floor? Holler out and got the shakes like we own something. Then after we come out of all of that, we still in our mode. We still think that we know what we need to do. So he set up his plan. He got everything together. He told his servant, this is what I want you to do. He kept up with that plan. But when you go to verse 22, verse 21 says, so he went the present over before him and himself lodged at night in the company. He was sending the present To his brother because he wanted to see how his face was going to be when he received it. See, he was still worried about his brother. So his way was, I'm going to do it my way. If his face look okay, I'm okay. Y'all know how we do when we make plans. If it look this way, it's okay. Don't let people fool you. They'll smile in your face and still kill you. So then this is what he did. When he had sent all of them over, the Bible says he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over. So what he did, he took them over and he took them and sent them over to the brook and sent over that he had had. So he sent them over, but guess what he did? He stayed. Y'all remember he prayed the first time, right? And after he prayed, He still did what he said he was going to do, right? But then it said, and Jacob was left alone. He was in prayer again. He was left alone. When you got something so horrific going on in your life, you can't think with a household of people. You cannot think when everything looks like it's tore up around you. So you got to get by yourself. You got to be alone where it's just total quietness. So Jacob got alone. Let me ask you something. Is it a time in your life that you really get alone with God and saying, don't bother me? I need to hear a word from the Lord. See, my grandfather, he always would get away. He would sit in his car to read the Bible. He would get away to hear what God have to say because even when you're in a home, I'm going to tell you all this, and you got people in that home with you, if they're worried, worried is in your home. If they're depressed, depression is in your home. If they're feeling pain, the pain is in your home. So when you're sitting there and you're open to the spiritual, everything that they're going through is hitting you. So you can't really do what God wants you to do until you get away to hear what God wants you to do because everything is falling on you. It's called the spirit of heaviness and the only way to get it off is to begin to ask for a garment of praise and you got to begin to praise God to get the heaviness from around you. But some of us want to lay in it because we're thinking this is how it's supposed to be. No, it's not. I don't have to be depressed because somebody in my house is depressed. I don't have to be sick because somebody in my house is sick. God want me to raise them up. Not hold on to what they're going through. Mm. So look at Jacob. Jacob was alone with God. So God said, listen at this. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. I'm getting somewhere. Listen at this. Jacob didn't start wrestling with the man. The man started wrestling with Jacob. Let me tell you why the angel of the Lord was wrestling with Jacob. Because Jacob had some hidden agenda that Jacob didn't want to let go of. See, Jacob was afraid. He didn't want to let go of the fear of his brother, the guilt and the shame. So God said, I'm going to have to come in and I'm going to have to wrestle with you because you don't want to let go. I'm going to have to let you know the only way you can depend on me is letting go of this guilt. You got some stuff in your life that need to come up out of you. So he said, I got to wrestle with you. I got to show you that ain't about you. It's about me. That's where that wrestling match come from. The man start wrestling with Jacob first. So then it goes on to say, and when he saw, and when he saw, now listen how long he had to wrestle. Until the breaking. So it started that night. Okay, let me go somewhere. How many of us wrestled all night with the sickness? Wrestled all night with heartache wrestled all night with anger, whatever you may be wrestling with. It was all night thing. And when you woke up, <laughs> you still had something going on. You lay down with it. You know why you lay down with it? Cause you, you still in it. That's what was happening with Jacob. Come on. It took all night. Some of us has been there. Can't sleep all night. We're wrestling. When we're wrestling, we ain't trusting God. So it goes on to say, and when he saw that he prevailed, what this means is not against him. The angel knew, not understand, this is an angel of God. He could have been done, knocked him out. But he was trying to show something to Jacob. So when he saw he could not prevail, because Jacob still want to hold on to what he want to hold on to. What am I telling you? You got to let go and let God. The only way you can hold on to God is let go of you. So he said, okay, I can't overcome this man in this. He want to still hold on to what he's holding on to. So when he saw, this is what he said. Could not prevail against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. Uh-oh. He said, you, you going to let me go now. You're going to let it go now. Check this out now. So he said, I'm going to touch the hollow of his thigh. So his what? Hip was... Have anybody ever had your hip out of joint? Pain anywhere in your body and just feel like you couldn't make it another father. Just give me all the medication you can just to give me a little bit of ease. See, this is where Jacob was. When the angel saw, okay, you ain't going to let go of the fear. You ain't going to let go of all of this stuff. When you receive this pain, let's see what you do. This man, oh, let me get here. It said he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he's wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for daybreak. This is what the angel was saying. Now, this is how God does us. So the pain was so intense. But Jacob still would not let go in pain. Y'all got to understand what God is doing here. Jacob still held on to that man in pain. Now before, he he kept wrestling with him, wrestling with him, because he wouldn't let go of what he feared, right? But then when his pain came, he was still holding on to him. See, God's going to try you to see whom you're going to trust with where you are. So what he did was, he said, let me go. Daybreaking. This is what Jacob said. I like this part. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. You know why Jacob said that? He said, because I was a schemer. I was a deceiver. But I'm going to hold on to you today to get what rightfully belonged to me. That's why Jacob didn't let go because he realized through the pain, through what I'm going through, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm not going to let you go. And he realized change had come. So listen what happened. And he said, he said, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Jacob mean deceiver. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. That means God rule, God scribes. For as a prince has thou power with God and with man and has prevailed. So he let him know. Because you held on to me even in your pain. He said, you were willing to let go of what was going on around you. He said, I'm going to change your name to Israel because that means God prevails, God scribes, God rules. you seeing me ruling in your life now. But guess what happened? It was a sign to all the rest when he had that limp to let him know. Even through what he went through, he held on to God. So I want to ask you today, all of us may be going through different things, but what are you holding on to the most? Are you holding on to, see, you can't serve two masters. You can't do it. When you hold on to God, you holding on to him with the pain and all. Because you know that God is already taking care of it. You know that God has already brought you out of it, even though you ratch in pain. Even though things don't look good around you, you have a promise from God. See, he remembered the promise from God in the beginning. So God was letting him know you prevailed against man. He was letting him know you already prevailed against Esau because you held on to me. Meaning that I already sent the angels beforehand and you didn't even recognize I was already there to protect you. What you recognized was your fear more than you recognize me. When you recognize me, you don't have to worry about what's going on around you. He said, because I have already delivered. I have already saved. I have already set free. But he wrestled. Because of what? He didn't want to let go of. We wrestle a long time because we're holding on to something. And we truly haven't let it go. When you hold on to guilt, you're still wrestling. Because you're not trusting God. When you truly trust God, you're willing to go in your word and pull out scriptures and root up. Because see, when that word come there and the deep as that word get planted, it's bringing stuff up in surface. That can't stay there no more. So we got to understand whatever God plants. Nobody can uproot it. So we got to understand that our trust have to be in God and not in what we see. I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to me. Because God has to remind us every day, yes, you see this. But what did I say? See, we say we believe God until something hit our house. That's when we tried. When something hit our house, can we stand or we worry more about what's hitting our house than focusing on what God already said? There was a man that said that he trusted God. He said, "But one day, they were going somewhere, and him and some friends and the friends um, stopped, and they got out the, the van when they got out the van that was on this long dirt road, they pulled off playing a pr- prank on them, him and another guy and he said it was a long dirt road and he was sure they would come back but they didn't come back and as they were walking they looked um, from a distance and it was a pack of dogs coming at them wide open he said he was thinking in his mind he said God you can save us that's what he thought in his mind he said but then when he looked the dogs were still coming. So then he stopped again and he said, wait a minute, God, I said, you can save us. God told him, he said, but the problem is, do you believe I can save you? He said, that's the problem. He said, you said, God save us, but do you believe that I can save you? So then he began to say, God, I believe that you can save us. Cause he recognized ain't nothing I can do. He said, when he said that, he said, the dogs stopped. Just stopped. He said, then when he looked, the dogs went full force the other way. What am I saying to you today? We say we believe God. When sickness come, we say we believe God. But when it get more intense, we drop God off and we try to find other means. We try to find another way. But see, faith that we have in God is not looking to no other way. Jesus is the way. The more you stay in the word of God, you don't look for nothing to take his place. The more you meditate on what he has done, when something comes, you don't go to that something. You go to him. You stand even though you're in pain. And God told me, he told me this. I said, God... You are a healer. God, you're a healer. It don't matter what's going on around us, you still a healer. Whether we want to believe it or not, you still a God that has already healed. Whether we want to accept it or not, you still a God that heals. But when you go to people that's going through and you give them the word on what God said, I'm hearing my doctor said. My doctor said. God is above man. So the thing is. When we run out of what my doctor said. When my doctor can't do what he said. The doctor cannot fix what was broken. Because when they done all they could do. Now you ready to say hallelujah Jesus saved." was saving way before you were born. Hmm. We take man's word as truth. You know why? Because we develop a relationship with them and everything they say is supposed to be true. But when they stick you wrong, how true is that? When they inject you with something that your body can't tolerate and you're in a coma, how true is that? Some of them don't even say they're sorry for what they've done, they blame it on something else because they're so arrogant. But we put our trust in man because we develop a relationship more with them than have God. Am I saying? Am I telling you? (laughs) Don't listen to your doctor. I'm saying you better listen to God first. You better know whom you're listening to because some people just do stuff for money. He ain't about loving you. It's about loving my lifestyle. It's about loving where I am. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you to point A to get you to point Z. Because all the way from point A to point Z is putting some money in my pocket. Even though you know deep down inside, I'm fine. Well, we just want to make sure. And that's good. But some people go in with a good health report, and died two days later. What happened with that? Come on. What happened with that? Had a good outcome and fell over dead. What the man got to say about that? You know what they're going to say? I don't know. Because everything we checked out come back good. So I don't know. These things just happen. But I know a man who knows it all. I know a man that knows what's going to take place before it takes place. So I have to go directly to God and say, God, I hear, but what do you say? God, I don't know. See, you got to say, I don't know what to do. Some of y'all saying you don't know what to do, but you already know what you're going to do before you do it. Quit lying to God. Before Jehoshaphat could win the battle, he had fear. He prayed to God, but at the end of the prayer, he said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes is on you. What we do, we give people truth. We don't make them take it, but it's our job as kingdom people to give them what God has given us. And if they choose not to take it, you done your part. If you tell a person God is the healer, trust God. The word say by his stripes you were already healed. The word said he sent his word and he has already healed you. The word said that he healed two blind men. The word said that he healed a man with a withered hand. The word said that he healed the woman with the issue of blood. The word is saying all of these things. The word is saying that he healed the man that was paralyzed. The word is saying he healed the woman that was crippled for how many years? 18 years. But this is what the word says. If God did it then, he's already done it now. This is what the word says. You give them the word. You can't make them take it. But some people choose man over what they hear. And the reason why they do that, because they think that man has a way. The only way is Jesus. Because at the end of the day, when they put everything they can put in you, after so many years, it's gone. You got to go back again and get reconstructed. Have y'all ever seen the six million dollar man? Don't let that fool you. The man was towed up and they put everything in him they could. He was just like a little robot. Had a body. But he had everything in him and then they had to program it to keep him going. So every time something failed, they watched the failure and they fixed the failure. Didn't it? But see, there's no failing God. Because when God do something, I assure you. It don't have to be done all over again because he's going to do it once. Once. He died. And for all. We got to recognize y'all. The only way you can hold on, let me go back to it. Is letting go of you. Letting go of how you see it or how the outcome is going to be based on you. Until we let go of us, God cannot move the way he need to move until we recognize that he is God and his kingdom rules over all. And if we hadn't got there yet, you wasting air. God love you so much, though. He send people to you and he tell you what's right. He tell you what the words say, and we still refuse it because we, our hearts is hardened towards God. Anytime somebody come back at you when you telling them what God is saying, their heart is hard. See, I have learned this. When somebody said, God is saying, I'm paying attention. God is speaking. Let all the earth be silent before him. We have gotten to the place that even when the word go forth, there's no silence. There's supposed to be an awe when God is in the room. When he's speaking, it's supposed to be an awe. And you're supposed to say, yes, Lord. Your servant hears. You're paying full attention. Because you know that word brings you life. And you need life from the word. There was a man in the 1800s. This man was a drunkard. He was a thief. And he was a liar. One day. He decided that. He wanted to talk to God. Isn't that something? So he had to hear about him to want to talk. With him. And he was trying to. Go to school but he needed money. He didn't have a job. So he began to bow his head. And he began to pray to God. And he said God. I need money to go to school. Short prayer. He got off his knees. Not long after it was a knock at the door. The professor, I think it was the professor, he come and he told him, he said, I want you to meet this man here. This man needs somebody to tutor him. And I figured you would be the best one to do it. He said, wait a minute. He said, I got to find a job in order for me to continue going to school. I need a job to pay. For my tuition. He looked at him and he said. This is your job. The man looked at him and said. I'm going to pay you double. Of what you get on the job. Okay. He had an experience with God. That made him turn to God even more. Because of the experience. He knew that God was God. So what he would do. He would pray short prayer. Y'all it don't take a prayer from here to Egypt. For God to hear you. You don't have to keep praying and praying and praying. People go to sleep. You just speak the word and go on. So this man would do short prayers. So as he got older, God was using him. So he had to go somewhere and minister. And he was on this ship with this captain. And the captain made an announcement. He said, we're not going to be able to go forward because the ship is messed up. So... Everybody looked at him, said, okay, but this man didn't. He said, let's go pray. He said, go pray. He said, come on, let's go pray. So he went and he prayed and short little prayer about the ship moving forward. And then he told the man, he said, we can go now. He said, where are we going? I told you the ship was down. He said, look out. The ship was moving. This man told him, he said, the ship was moving before I come in here. You got to see. What God say even before you pray. You got to see it before you pray because you believe in it even before you go to him. You got to have it in your mind. God has already done what he said, but we're going to let people know that he's still God. Everything he needed, he prayed. He didn't go out and hold fundraisers. He owned the orphanage. He didn't have fundraisers trying to get what he needed. What he did, he would pray to God. He said, God, touch somebody's heart for this need. And then he would testify to what God has done around him. And then people's hearts would be changed. One day they didn't have nothing to eat in this orphanage, y'all. And they said, what are we going to do? We don't have no food. And he said, we're going to pray. He began to pray, and all of them already sitting down to eat food. He began to pray. After he prayed, he thanked God. For what God has already done. Lo and behold. It was a knock at the door. And saying. We have something for your orphanage. And God had more. Than enough. See God want to know right here and now. Do you believe me? Y'all let's stop. Let's stop right now. Let's stop. See when we're in pain. I understand. Some of us go through in our body, maybe not like others, but we go through. Have a pain here, pain there, may have it everywhere. Hallelujah. Hear stuff crack, snap on pop when you get up. Snap, crack a pop. Something pop that they don't even supposed to pop. And you say, I'm too young for that pop. What in the world is going on here? So we try to work it out our way. Maybe if I do a little more of this, a little more of that, everything be all right. But you got to work it out with him first. Because he's the creator of your body. He know your body better than you know yourself. He created every part of you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So this is what I tell my father. Father, you created me. You know more about me than I know about myself. You know my coming in and you know my going out, but I don't believe it's time for me to go nowhere because you got some work for me to do. So I know what you said, God, and I'm standing on what you said and I'm moving on what you said. And that's all I know is what you said. So, God, I'm here to do what you're telling me to do, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what people say. God, I'm going to speak your word and speak your word only. So, God, here I am and I'm thanking you right now. Before I even see it, God, I'm thanking you because you are still God. And in order for me to know that you're God, I got to trust you right where I am. So I trust you first. And then God will speak. He'll begin to speak and sometimes he speak through a song. He speak, y'all. He speak through what you have already put in you. He bring it back out of you just like a computer. And that song begin to minister to you. I believe God. God will do just what he said. God is a man that he shall not lie. Everything just keep popping up. So when you go on and you trust God, I'll say a day later or right then, you're like, wow, thank you, Jesus. Because you trust him more than what you're going through. I'm here to tell y'all, when you put your trust in God and leave it there, God don't fail. Things are going to come at you. Yes, sickness is going to come at you. Finances is going to come at you. Family is going to come against you. Children are going to act crazy like you didn't even raise them. You're going to have... Things, your animal's gonna turn on you. I remember when my little poodle snapped me and I fed that dog. You don't slap me. No, you don't. I feed, listen here. They understand. I feed you. I give you water. Do it again. You know you ain't no outside dog, but you can be. Y'all, this is the truth is the truth and that man right there when I say honey he gone he respects the head of that house when I can't catch him honey he stops at attention even a dog will pay attention and you got some people telling them my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, and you're still trying to get along. God said, "Wait on him, and you'll see, and you're still trying to get something to make you look good. The battle is not ours. It belonged to him. The victory is already won. and y'all, if we don't get. Starting from this pulpit, if we don't get what we have asked from God, it ain't his fault. Don't blame it on him. Blame it on us. Because I'm going to tell you something. God is who he said he is outside of me. So we have to believe him outside of what we're going through. And say, God, regardless of what we go through, you are still God. You are the answer. So God, I lay it at your feet just like Mary. I'm not going to be a Martha today. I'm going to sit right here because I need to hear from you. God, what are you saying? And guess what? The enemy going to turn up the heat. He's going to make it look worse than what it is. That's when we hold on. And say, God, I'm holding on to you more than I'm holding on to this. Ask, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit. So what am I holding on to? See, when you worry more about your problem than you're thanking God, that's what you're holding on to. When your thoughts are going more to your problem or your situation, more than it's going to God, that's what you're holding on to. But when your mind try to go that way, but you pull it back and say, no, you're not going that way today. This is what God said. This is what God's going to do. So we're going to honor what he said today, regardless of what they say. This is their way of doing, but we're going to do it. God's way of doing not my way today It's his way or no way. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't do what the world does. We bring change to the world from God. We bring his kingdom and we show them how the kingdom live in the midst of disaster, in the midst of a pandemic. We show people. Y'all, y'all don't see miracle temple have shown people. The church is back up even after the hurricane. It come back up five, six weeks after and some people ain't even got theirs up. Come on. on. God is showing his kingdom still rules. But he got to have someone to step out in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of disaster. We can't shut down, y'all. We got to keep doing what God said. We can't close our door and hoping and praying. COVID don't come up in here. If it knocks on the door, say, I know you, get out. You're a liar. You don't belong here. You bow down in the name of Jesus. And when people say, girl, pull that mask up. You're going to get some COVID. Do you know who you're talking to? When you talk to me, you're talking to Jesus. See, we need to be bold as a lion. We need to let people know, I know whom I, now, don't say it just to be boasting. And you ain't boasting in him, you're boasting in you. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't just say it because somebody else is saying it. You say it because that's how you live. Don't go back home and take the lie off. Shh, sh, sh, cover me, Lord. <laughs> cover me real good. Like I know you should. Hallelujah. Anyhow, <laughs> After you done told somebody. Some people do that. If we're going to trust him, y'all, all all I'm saying is God is saying, hold on, don't give up. If you have a promise for him, God ain't going back on his word. It may look bad. It may not look like it want to look, but what did God say? And God will tell you way out, way out before it even comes to your door. He already gave you a word for it. So let's stand on him. Let's don't stand on us. And sometimes, y'all, it does get hard to stand because we put us too much in the midst of it. So ask God what's there to keep us from doing what God would have us to do. And Sister Shirley, I want to say to you, first of all, I want to apologize to you for something. God showed me something concerning you, and this was over a month ago. And you know how sometimes you get so busy and you get to where you're saying, I'm going I'm to I'm get to it, I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get to it. But the Lord showed me you in a dream. You remember one Sunday God has spoke to you about healing? This was a while back. After that, God showed me you in a dream. And he showed me you walking just as straight with no limp. And I want to tell you, God is a God that he shall not lie. He's not man that he shall lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it, and shall he not do it? So I speak that God is making every crooked place in your body straight in the name of Jesus. When you walk, you do not walk with a limp, but you walk the way God has created you to walk. I rebuke every pain that comes to hit your body, to cause you to... Linger cause you not to do what God has called you to do. I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. And I command healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus name, be healed, be made whole in Jesus name. Cause God said, you've been crying out to me. And God said, I have heard your cries. Even days when you didn't want to get out of the bed because you felt like you couldn't roll over. I see you crying out to God, moaning. Even when you couldn't say a word, you be moaning out to God. But I'm here to tell you, God is doing a great work. He's doing a great work. And God has fulfilled everything he has already said. It's already done. You don't even have to wait for your body to line up. It's already lined up. Only thing you have to do is just move forward. Just move forward. Take God at his word and know that he has done what he said he's going to do. Because he is God. Amen? Amen. So what we do, we take the word and we keep moving. We don't worry about the pain. We just keep moving. But what we do, we talk to the pain and say, what did God tell you? You leave right now in the name. I'm talking to you. You don't supposed to be here. Go right now. If you don't talk to it, come on, you messing with my life. You better go. In the name of Jesus. You don't supposed to be here. He gave us authority and right. Quit talking to flesh and blood. Talk to the spirit that's using flesh and blood to come against you. Ask the Lord. What is that spirit using that person? I command it to go in Jesus name. Because God have use of that person. Some people have legion and don't even realize they have multiple Demons. But when Jesus came in on the same legion had to bow down. So if Jesus is in you, a demon cannot stand before you. That demon is going to be cutting up, but it got to bow down. So know who you are now that you're in him and let him do what he need to do in you and through you. Hold on. Come on. Give God glory. Hallelujah.